theology and practice for the building up of God's family. My name is Joel Lapierre, high school director at LBC. And I'm Josh White, the pastoral coordinator here at LBC. Today we have invited Pastor Andy Middlecoff on the podcast to discuss the importance of spending personal time with God. There are so many things in our culture that demand our attention and affection, and oftentimes the first thing to get cut is our time with God. So Andy is going to help us understand how important spending time with God is and practically how we can do that. So thanks for coming on. Hey, you're welcome. It's good to be here, you guys. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, Josh and yeah it's great to have you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. So before we dive into the questions here, um, real quick, I remember being you know, in VBS and watching you do an ollie off the stage. How many, how many stairs was that, by the way? Probably like, that's probably five or six, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know Josh is a skater and I tried to be a skater when I was like in the third grade and then like, I fell way too hard and it, I just... I couldn't really balance on a board well, <laughs> but, um, I remember that you were into skating and I know we've talked a little bit about how the skateboarding was a part of your testimony. So could you kind of, um, share with us the kind of history with you and skateboarding and, and how it was part of your testimony? Yeah. It's so funny because when I was a kid, probably in fifth or sixth grade, my, my parents bought us like a used uh, penny board, you know, and oh, I'm yeah. cruising around on it in my garage, you know, falling off and stuff and thinking, man, this should get popular again. Little did I know that it was it was blowing up and becoming really popular. This was the <laughs> yeah. kind of the mid uh, mid eighties. So, okay. but uh, got really into skateboarding at one point and loved it, and uh, moved to Portland, Oregon, from a small town in, in uh, southern Oregon called Roseburg. And uh, in Portland, there was a ministry there to skateboarders, and got really involved with that. And through that, really began to trust in Christ. And uh, though I grew up, my mom was a Christian, and I knew Christ was true and the Bible was true, but I didn't really take it personally until I saw guys who really loved the Lord mm. who lived, lived out the gospel and they were way better skateboarders than me. So that kind of <laughs> yeah. helped me listen. It that got, made it a little cool, huh? <laughs> yeah. It made me pay attention. And through that here in the word. And also I went to uh, Concordia college up there now called Concordia university and had to read the Bible for a class. And I'm like, this is cool. I get to read the Bible for a class, you know? And yeah. it was the first time I'd ever really read the Bible and I was blown away at at just the power of it, the truth of it. And I, in my heart, I knew this is true. This is God's word. I believe it, you know, and I didn't understand half of it, but yeah, but uh, kind of, so through the skateboard ministry I was a part of and through reading the Bible, God captured my heart. Yeah. Well, praise God. Praise God for the ministry that he's done through you and how you in the ministry that you're able to do here at LBC because of him. That's Amen. Awesome. Great. Well, let's dive into the questions. So yeah. first question, in what way does God primarily speak to his people and why? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. And it's so important when you think about it, the fact that God would even care enough for us to speak to us, to make sure his message gets across to us. So that's something to praise God for. And mm-hmm. uh, the primary way by far is through his written word, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. And uh, let me just give you a few reasons. There, there are a lot of reasons we could talk about that we could go through as we're uh, looking at the Bible and thinking about things. But uh, one reason is because the Bible is sufficient. Um, the Bible has all the words that we need to know in order to be made right with him, mm-hmm. to have a friendship with him, to trust him, to obey him, to live for him. Um, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to learn probably more about God. But for, for what we need to know now on this side of heaven, we have everything we need. Everything has been written down for us in the word. And uh, a famous scripture that speaks about this, of course, is 2 Timothy three fifteen through 17. And let me just read that to us and bring up a couple points that are just great summaries of what the whole Bible is trying to tell us. And uh, here the Apostle Paul is speaking to Timothy and he says to him, he says, from infancy, you, Timothy, have known the holy scriptures. Another word for the Bible. 
uh, which are able to make you wise for salvation in Christ Jesus. Uh, Timothy needed to know how to be right with God. And he's saying the Bible has told you that and you've known it since youth. It's the Bible that tells us how to be right with God and to be saved. Verse 16 goes on and says, all scripture, all 66 books of the Bible is God breathed and is useful for teaching. In other words, God breathed means it's from his mouth speaking to us. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The Bible tells us that the only way that we can go to heaven and have a friendship with God is if we're righteous. Well, the Bible tells us how to be righteous. Verse 17 goes on and says, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God wants us to be people who do good works, not to earn salvation, but to reflect who he is. And um, we, have to, uh, we have to know God's word in order to do those good works. So one reason is it's sufficient, mm-hmm. sufficient for everything we need to know. Another reason uh, why God speaks to us through the written word of scripture is that throughout history, we see God keeps calling people back to his written word, not to just some oral tradition or, or ideas that people are speaking. For example, for Joshua, Joshua in his day when God used him to bring the people of Israel into the promised land, the only parts of scripture they had were the first five books called the Torah or the Pentateuch. And at the very beginning of, of Joshua's ministry to lead these people in, God told him this in Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law, that's the Pentateuch, the Torah, the Bible that he had at that time, do not let it depart from your mouth. In other words, keep speaking about it. It says, meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Uh, Then you will be prosperous and successful. So God's telling Joshua, hey, as you're going into the land, as you're bringing the people into what we call today Israel, uh, to be successful in a relationship with me, you need to know the word of God and obey it. Also, hundreds of years later, uh, when the kings of Israel were ruling and reigning, at one point, um, the, the kings, the rebellious kings, hid the Bible from the people. Uh, They had that rebellious heart against God. They hid the Bible, and it was hidden for about 75 years until when Josiah was the king, and his high priest, as he was helping clean out the temple, found the Bible. (laughs) Crazy. And and listen to what uh, Josiah says once he hears the Bible read. He, He says this in 2 Kings 22, 13. He says, go and inquire of the Lord for me uh, and for the people, that's the people of Israel, for all and for all Judah, uh, what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written concerning us. Josiah hears the words of this book as is, is cut to the heart and immediately repents, says, we have been wrong. Uh, we want to turn back to the Lord and do what is right and obey this book. And as a result, God did not bring the punishment upon them that he said would happen in his word if they were to continue disobeying him. Uh, And then again, hundreds of years later, so we're seeing throughout history, God is showing them, look, go back to the word of God. The apostle Paul, as he's spreading the word, he tells uh, the the man he's mentoring, Timothy, he says, preach the word. That's what he says, preach the word. And we know it's talking about the scriptures because the previous verses were the verses I read earlier from 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17, mm-hmm. talking about the scripture. It says, preach the word. It doesn't say preach anything else. Preach the word. Another reason is uh, that, that God has written down his word for us is for clarity's sake, um, that it's clear. You, you know, in Romans chapter 1, it talks about the fact that 
uh, we can learn quite a bit about God from looking at creation. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at the beauty of creation, the vastness, the, the design of, of creation. We go, wow, God is wise. He is all-powerful. Uh, he's artistic. Um, we can also see from Romans 2 that he's given us a conscience. And that conscience gives us instruction on what's right and wrong with, within our souls. But both creation and conscience are, are not fully clear. Yeah. You know, it's not clear uh, a, a lot of the things that the scriptures tell us. So in the Bible, God gives us the Bible because he knew that just looking at creation, just having a conscience wouldn't be enough to really make clear to us how to live, how to obey him and walk with him. So we need God's word. We need the Bible. Uh, let me just give you one more reason, a, a fourth reason why God has given us a written word. Um, it's to protect us. You know, the fact is, is that um, a lot of people say, well, God told me this, or God wants me to tell you this. We hear that a lot. Or, you know, God told people in the past this, and I need to tell it. But if it's just oral and it's not written down, it can't be verified. Uh, and over time, oral tradition changes. It just does. Um, this is the old, uh, when, when, you, when you do that game, you pass on to one person to another what you said. And by the, by the end, it's completely different than what the person originally said. Um, so he had it written down to them, uh, for them. He had his people write it down um, by his love and, and power and wisdom. He had these things written down for us so that we can verify. For example, you know, was there really a guy named Abraham? Well, we can look at history and see, yes, there really was. Is Jerusalem really a real city? Yes, we can look at, you know, geography and see it's a real city. Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Yes, history points to this. Archaeology, geography, all these things point to the truthfulness of the Bible he wrote it down so that we could verify it and so that we could preserve it for each generation. He cares about your kids. He cares about my kids and our grandkids. He wants his clear word of how people can know him and be right with him and spend eternity in heaven with him. So he had it written down hmm. so that all generations could hear. So Wonderful. Great. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. I don't know if you mentioned this verse. One of my favorite verses about just the importance of... Um, scriptures and the way that God's revealed himself is, uh, I think it's first Peter one, three, where, or it might be second Peter one, three, where it talks about that God has revealed everything about life and godliness Mm -hmm. in the way that he's called us to his own excellence and revealed himself and the knowledge of who he is to us. Yeah. Second Peter one, three. Yep. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a great scripture. One of my favorite ones. What a blessing it is that God has revealed himself to us and that he's done so in a way that um, is creative and clear. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So going on from that, obviously we've seen from what you mentioned that God primarily speaks through his word to us. Yes. Um, and so is it important for us as God's people to read consistently, read the scriptures consistently and why? And then how would you, if it is important to read scriptures consistently, where do we see that in the scriptures? Okay, another great question, and, and what a blessing it is that God has given us his word. Um, what a privilege it is to be able to open it up, and so absolutely, yes, yes, that uh, it is important to be in his word. It's a gift, it's a blessing, and there are a lot of reasons, and let me, just, let me just list a few that come to mind, and one reason why we ought to be in God's word consistently is that God wants us to be in his word. Um, the Bible makes it clear. He tells us in his word to be in the word. First Peter 2, 3, he says, crave the word. Psalm 1, 2, he tells us to meditate on the word of God day and night, just as, just as he told uh, Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, another reason is that 
the Bible teaches us discernment. You know, the, the fact is, is, you know, especially as a dad and I've got kids and trying to figure out what's right and wrong or good and bad and what my kids should be doing or shouldn't be doing, it's, life gets confusing. And so God's word is there to give us discernment. And I, and I love uh, Hebrews 5, 13 and 14, what it says here. It says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. That's unskilled in, in really knowing the word of God and, and how to apply it to our lives uh, since he is a child. Verse 14 says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Uh, our discernment needs to be trained by God's word, but so often it's just trained by our television, uh, the things that we hear on the radio, uh, by different media that we look at. But God says it needs to be trained by the word of God, by the scriptures. Uh, another reason is that we need the reminders. Um, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, but I easily forget what God tells me to do. <laughs> when, yeah. I'm, when I'm oh, tired, yeah. when I'm on the run, mm-hmm. um, I, for, I forget some of the simple commands of God even. And I get frustrated with myself about that. But we need the daily reminders. And we see that in, in the scriptures. One place is in Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 13 and 15. The apostle Peter says this. He says, and I love it because he's kind of getting personal here. He says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. And he goes on to say he's, he's about to die. Verse 15 says, and he says, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, after my death, you will always be able to remember these things. And so how did he do that? by writing scripture. Hmm. He wrote first and second Peter so that those believers would be able to remember God's truth. And so by getting into God's word consistently, we're reminding ourselves of the truth of God. We're, we're, we're gaining discernment on what is right and wrong. Uh, we're obeying God as he tells us to be in his word. Another reason is uh, that it, it does help us obey God. You know, Psalm 119, 11, one that's well known. He says, the psalmist writes, he says, I have hidden your word in my heart. And the idea is that he's memorized it and he cherishes it there. He sees it as something so important and special and valuable to him. He's hidden his word, God's word in his heart. And here's, here's why. He says this, that I might not sin against you. You know, that should be the, the, uh, the cry of our hearts that we would never want to sin against God. The Bible makes it clear that when we do sin, it is ultimately against him. Uh, and the Bible helps us not to sin, not to sin against God. Another reason is that the Bible is our spiritual food and drink, you know, and, and I always like to ask the question, uh, how many days would you like to go without eating or drinking? <laughs> right? Not any. <laughs> Not any, yeah. No, exactly. And, and it's the same with the word of God. If it's our spiritual food and drink, hmm. then how many days should we go without having the word of God uh, nourish us? And yeah. Absolutely. One place we see that is Matthew 4, 4, Jesus uh, answered Satan and, and he said, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God and speaking there of the written scriptures. Um, let me give you one more reason. And like I said, there are, there are more reasons, but um, being in the word, learning the word, reflecting on the word uh, gives us joy. And, and would you guys like a little bit more joy in your lives? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the case for anyone listening. We, mm-hmm. we all would love to have more joy, not just happiness, but joy that, that lasts through the good and bad times. But um, Psalm 19 uh, gives us a number of reasons why we ought to be in the word of God. And one of those is this in verse eight says the precepts of the Lord. Those are his commandments mm-hmm. are right. And then it's, they say, it says giving joy to the heart. Mm. How beautiful that is. I yeah. think most people are searching for joy all their lives. If, if, if they would just find it in Christ 
and study and read his word, they would find joy day by day. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think we just started up our college group for uh, kind of the summer and we're been, we've been studying the attributes of God. And the first part of that this last week was talking about the need to seek God, that God has revealed himself to us through his word, but there's also a responsibility that we have as believers to seek God. And we see that in the scriptures. And so one of the points that I was trying to make uh, to the college students is that God's design for seeking him, being in his word, is that you would find the greatest joy and the greatest satisfaction being in his word and enjoying his presence and talking to him because you have a relationship with him. So that's incredibly important. That's a good word, Josh. Yeah. Amen. All right. The next question, uh, from your experience in adult ministry, do you find that Christians are in the word consistently? And if not, what pitfalls prevent Christians from being in the word? Yeah, great question. And, and you know, the fact is, is that talking to different Christians and, you know, believers, my brothers and sisters in Christ who I love, you know, some are consistently in God's word and some just aren't, you know, and, and um, I've talked to a lot of believers who say, yeah, they, they would like to be in God's word more. That's something I hear often and, and sense often. Um, and then what pitfalls prevent, as you asked. And I would add to that, you know, let, let's talk also a little bit about, you know, how to address those pitfalls. Um, but, but what prevents us from being in God's word consistently? A number of things. One is um, just kind of a lack of desire. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of believers are ashamed to admit that. But, you know, if there's a person you can trust, um, admit that to them. It's important. How do we address that? Uh, well, pray and ask God for a desire for his word. Uh, pray and ask God for an understanding of his word and then trust that he will answer that prayer. Um, I love Philippians 2.13, which says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. In other words, um, God doesn't just sort of kick us out of the nest and say, okay, um, go, go figure out this Christian life on your own and go figure out how to read the Bible on your own. Uh, He's saying, I am right there with you, and I will work within your heart to give you the desire, to give you the wanter, (laughs) to want to want to study the word and and to want to spend time with me in his word. And that's so encouraging. So I I would just say that's that one pitfall is the lack of desire, but God can give you that desire as you ask him for it and trust him for it. Another one, this is a huge one, of course, is busyness. Um, All of us are busy, even though we have all these modern conveniences, you know, Um, microwaves or who even needs a microwave just go through a drive-thru right we're busy <laughs> we're very busy people it's just that's a fact and we we, we want to get as much done as we can possibly each day um, how do we deal with that pitfall of busyness when it comes to spending time in the word and I'll be honest with you I mean in recent years uh, busyness has has been a, a big burden on uh, on me as well you know I, I usually run off about six hours of sleep and I usually don't sleep very well so um, early in the mornings and late at nights uh, are the times that I'm uh, in the word just for uh, time between me and God. And often I'm tired and it's hard and, and things crowd out those times as well. I've got other things to do, you know, bills to pay. I've got kids to take here and there even early in the morning. And so busyness is difficult even for pastors. Um, but what I have found in my, my own life and reading about this and, and talking to others, a key, and it sounds so elementary, but it's so true, is to schedule it. Mm-hmm. To actually, just like you would uh, schedule time of, hey, I need to be at work at this time. We'll schedule it in your schedule. Write it down. Say, this is when I'm going to 
try to uh, read the Word of God and this part of my schedule. You know, when I was uh, going to a community college, um, I scheduled during lunchtime just to sit in my car and read the Bible. And that was one of the greatest times because it was completely quiet, and I just got to soak in just the goodness of God's Word. Um, uh, this takes sacrifice. Um, you have to sacrifice for it. Uh, if you're going to do this, there are some things you're going to have to cut out. You're going to have to say no to some things to say yes to spending time with God and spending time in his word. You know, you, you're going to have to watch less TV. You're going to have to spend less time on social media. If you read the newspaper, do people still read the newspaper? You have to spend <laughs> less time reading the newspaper, spend less time on Netflix. It's it just, you're going to have to make some cuts. You may even have to spend mm-hmm. less time sleeping, um, but it's worth it. You have to sacrifice for it just as Christ sacrificed for you and me and, and then prioritize it, you know asking God, give me the strength to follow through. Um, so busyness is a pitfall. Lack of desire is a pitfall. Uh, something else that kind of keeps us from being in the word consistently is just simply not sure where to start. And, and I've, I've heard a number of guys tell me that they're not quite sure where to start. So, um, that's where things like the bookmark that we give out with each sermon series that goes along with the sermon series. A lot of guys will tell me, Hey, I appreciate this because I, I want to read the Bible, but I'm not sure where to start. This gives me a starting point. Uh, we're not saying only read that or you must read this all the time legalistically. No, but it's a good place to start if you're not in consistently reading the Bible. Just pick up that bookmark and it has the dates on there. Read, you know, as close to possible as the dates you're going to get behind. It's fine. Um, try to read it a chapter or two a day. Um, another reason that I've heard another pitfall of why believers uh, don't always get consistently into the word is that they don't understand it. You know, there's a lot in the Bible that, is hard to understand. It's true. Uh, the Bible is clear um, on the message of how to be right with God, how to live for God, but then there are parts of the Bible that are just, it's, it's hard to understand. And so um, at LBC, we have things like the move classes um, where, where we teach to give deeper understanding. Of course, coming on Sunday mornings consistently, hearing the word of God taught is going to give you more understanding. Just as you begin to read it, uh, it it'll give you more understanding. Um, and certainly ask for help, you know, ask someone, you know, who knows the word well, ask me, ask Josh and Joel, ask Eric and Roger, you know, um, ask people, uh, don't, don't be afraid or ashamed. Um, also I'd encourage you to, to get a good study Bible. My favorite study Bibles are the ESV study Bible and the MacArthur study Bible. My next favorite one is the new King James study Bible. Uh, and one that's really simple and, and helpful is, is the life application Bible, but, uh, get a, get a, a study Bible. You could also get a commentary on the Bible. There's some that are volumes and volumes, but a, a nice short and sweet one is called the Bible Knowledge Commentary. It's a, it's a great one. Short Love and sweet. that one. Yeah, short and sweet. Uh, gives some good insight. So um, that gives a little more uh, detail than the study Bibles, the, the commentaries do, but those are some tools. Um, so not understanding the Bible is one reason why some people don't get into it. Another reason is uh, that they just don't like to read, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those guys. I don't really like to read. I never have. Uh, back, like I said, when I was 18 and first reading the Bible for the first time, that began to give me a love for reading the Bible, um, but not necessarily anything else. Uh, but, but through that, it's, it's helped me to learn to read other things. But you know what? God can help you with that too. You know, um, God's helped me to overcome it, especially when you begin to read the Bible and begin to understand it and discover things on your own that you haven't even seen before. You're like, man, I, I can't wait to get back into the Bible. And it motivates you to read, even though reading isn't your favorite thing to do. Um, one last thing I thought of as far as like a, a reason why people aren't so consistent with reading the Bible is this. Um, they want to, but they just kind of lack the motivation. 
you know, I, yeah, I'd like to read the Bible, and but there's something within them that they they just lack that motivation, that that nudge within them. And uh, I would encourage you again to pray about that, just like the lack of desire. But just pray that God would give you the strength to be motivated, uh, give you the discipline to regularly get into it, and also um, get into a, a small group. You know, um, like in the men's group I lead, a, a big thing of what we do is we all read the same scriptures throughout the week and come back and share what we're learning. And that's one more motivating factor to help me and help the guys in my group to stay in the word. And it really does help. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Something you said that I really resonate with is the sacrifice it takes to be in the word that sometimes you might have to sacrifice even sleep, you know, or Netflix. And, um, I've never personally been the greatest at reading anything at all, but especially the Bible, um, was difficult for me to get into, as a new believer. And even now that I'm in ministry, I, I read it more, but it's still a struggle. And I, what I have actually found is that, um, prioritizing, like not only just making it a priority, but finding out the time in the day that actually works the best for you has yeah. been really helpful for me. Cause you know, I've done, I've tried it at night. I've tried it like after work, I've tried it like, like, you know, right, right before work. Um, and what I've found is actually me waking, like I had a sacrifice uh, sleep. So what I've been doing for a little while now is waking up at five and actually going to the gym mm. so that my, you know, kind of waking up, shaking off the cobwebs, yeah. you know, off the brain. Yeah. And, um, and then as soon as I'm done with the gym, I go home and I start reading the Bible and that's when that's great. the most important time for me or the most optimal time for me yes. is, uh, at that moment. So I think that's a really important thing for people to think about is not just like, you know, when, when, when prioritizing is giving your, your best, you know, um, and sometimes you have parts of the day that you have the most energy. And so when is that time? Can you give that to the Lord? And maybe you might not be able to, and maybe you have to give it, you know, put it in another spot. But if you can put in that time where you have the most energy yeah. to, to really study and really to be present, because we all know it's sometimes it can be hard to be present. Like I talked to a lot of high schoolers and, um, you know, some of them will be like, uh, you know, I'm really having a hard time reading. Like I get into it, but I'm having a hard time. I go, well, what, what are you doing? Where, where are you at in the room? I'm like, what? And like, just answer the question. Um, I'm, you know, I'm in my bed. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that's not going to help being in your bed, reading the Bible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. I'm glad, I'm really glad you're taking initiative, no. but you know, being in your bed, reading the Bible, you're going to fall asleep really quickly. So thinking yes. about that, how you do it and how you go about it is really important as yeah. well. And the funny thing is people will make fun of me for this, but you know, I find that in the mornings or at night when I'm reading the Bible and I'm just tired uh, that I have to stand up because if I'm just sitting there, I will fall asleep. Yeah. And you know, a great story actually uh, of, of a friend of mine who, uh, as far as sacrifice, the, the man uh, had to drive every day, two hours to get to work. Uh, he, he owned a, a really good size and successful logging company up in Oregon. And so he would have to get there by like five or six in the morning. He'd have to drive two hours. So He'd be waking up at 2.30 or 3 in the morning to spend time in the Word and in prayer with the Lord before he'd go and do that. And that always motivates me and inspires me to get out of bed and to get into the Word. Yeah, that's awesome. Great. Okay. So going from that, kind of as we close our time today, uh, Andy, do you have any maybe practical tips to uh, maintaining a healthy devotional life other than kind of the things that you've mentioned? Well, just to reiterate a couple things, like we've said, do it consistently. It's kind of cool when you're reading through like a book of the Bible, then it's easier to remember what you just read if you're doing it daily. Okay, oh yeah, I just, and I see how it connects. Um, 
a key is seeing it as, as time with God, seeing it as time spending with the Lord, just as you would go and spend time with a best friend or with your husband or wife, you know, one-on-one with God. He wants to spend it to you. It's one of the biggest privileges in life. And uh, couple that time in the Word with prayer. I, I found that the richest way of spending time in the Word is to pray as I'm reading it, as it tells me, you know, to, to do this or that. Say, God, you know, I struggle with this. Give me the strength to obey you in that way and to do your will and to do your commands. And, and God, I praise you as it shows us something awesome about God. Like, God is faithful. Yes, God, you are faithful, and I praise you. So you see it as time spent with God. Pray as you're reading the Bible. Um, journaling the Bible as well as our LBC journals. Um, you'll find those are really easy to use, but it has you, if you're reading a chapter or two or three, just take a verse that stands out to you from that, write it down, and then follow the questions in the journal. Uh, my dad um, is usually really gung-ho with whatever he does, and when he became a Christian at the age of 53, he started reading the Bible um, every year uh, through entirely. He said he, he enjoyed that, but then once he started journaling one verse, Every time he'd read the Bible, he said he got so much more out of it because he'd actually remember it. Hmm. Um, one last helpful thing is if you're able to read the Bible in the mornings, if you have time, if, you're, if that works for you, it, it's really helpful because then throughout the day, you can intentionally think, okay, now what did I read this morning or what did I journal about what I read this morning? And then you'll carry with you throughout the day that word from God and it'll encourage you. It'll remind you of the truth and it's, it's a powerful thing. Awesome, Andy. What resources at LBC do we have to help believers be in the Word consistently? As I've mentioned, we have the bookmarks. Um, just pick those up. They're in the bulletins um, when we start a new sermon series, or uh, they're at the guest welcome table all the time. Just You can pick them up anytime. The LBC journals, uh, those are free. The bookmarks are free. They're available to you. Um, we put a lot of work into those, and, and we really hope that people use yeah. them. We have a number of MOVE classes, um, three terms a year. We have fall winter and spring move classes on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings, which give instruction in the word of God. Um, and, and those are, those are great. We have a number of different small groups. We have groups with men and women together, which we call life groups. We have uh, groups that are just of men and groups that are just of women that are studying the word, praying together. Um, those are great places to, like I said, to motivate you to stay in the word and to have uh, fellowship with others who are doing the same things. Great. Hey, thanks, Andy, for coming on the podcast. It has been so good to have you on and really helpful and insightful. So thanks for being here today. Oh, Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Josh and Joel. Really of course, appreciate yeah. you guys. Had a good time. You have been listening to the LBC Podcast, a podcast of Laura Glenn Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. If you like listening to this podcast, please share with a friend and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all new podcasts. Thank you for listening in and God bless you. See you next time.